the the production we just watched uh, teaches a great lesson. We all know, basically, the Christmas story from the Bible. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26, the Bible says this, In the sixth month, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art Thou art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great." and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. Probably one of the most familiar verses in the Bible, and it was mentioned up here, is John chapter 3 and verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. When the angel appeared to Mary and told her she had bear Christ, the, the Christ child in her womb, the first promise the angel made concerning our Savior is that he would be great. He would be highly esteemed, and he is. Untold millions have worshipped him as their Savior. His life would be very significant, and it was. No one has come to mean more to people than Jesus has over the centuries. His strength, uh, He is strength to the weak. He is rest to the weary. He is peace in our storms. He lifts our burdens. He hears our prayers. He forgives our sins. He sustains us by His promises. He blesses us out of His goodness. His love lifts us up. His Word assures us. And His grace is definitely sufficient. He is the subject of our songs. He is the foundation of our faith. And just the whisper of His name causes the soul of His people to soar. No one means more to more people than Jesus does. The costliest gift ever purchased could not be bought with acres of diamonds or mountains of gold. It could only be purchased by the blood of Christ. That was the price of our salvation. And that was the gift that Jesus gave. You know, a major part of Christmas is giving of gifts. And now I'm not really sure that there's any real link in the heart of most people between our tradition of gift giving and the meaning of Christmas. But the first Christmas began with the giving of a gift. And as our text states this evening, for God so loved the world that he gave. Christmas is about God giving the greatest of all gifts, his only begotten son to meet the greatest of all needs, and that's the forgiveness of our sin. There's no single verse in the Bible that says it better than John chapter 3 and verse number 16. It has been called the gospel in a nutshell. Behind the 25 words of that verse is enough truth to change a person's eternal destiny from hell to heaven. The 13th word in that verse is son. 
S-O-N. And at the very center of John 3.16 is the word that points to Jesus Christ, the very Son of God. There are 12 words before the word Son that tell us of God and His love. And there are 12 words after the word Son that tell us of men and their need. And right in the middle is the Son of God. Jesus Christ, the one mediator, the one mediator between God and man, the one way by which man can find their way back to the heavenly father, the only bridge that spans the gulf that separates lost sinners from a holy God. And that's the gift that was wrapped in swaddling clothes on the first Christmas. Jesus, the son of God, our savior. Um, Let's consider the greatness of that gift this evening by putting John 3.16 under a microscope and examining just four parts. It starts out with a person, God, for God so loved the world. If there was no God, there'd be no Christmas. Christmas begins with the reality of God. Uh, Do you know why people are so quote unquote religious? All over this world, in every continent, among every people, whether they are highly advanced or extremely primitive, in every culture, people worship something. They're looking to worship something. Do you know why? People are that way because they are wired on the inside to believe in God. Romans chapter 1 and verse 19, the Bible says, that which may be known of God is manifest in us. It's manifest in us. And all around us is the evidence of God. The fact of God is revealed in creation. All of creation points to the fact that there is a God. When the Bible offers proof of God's existence, it almost always points to creation. It talks about the heaven and earth over and again. Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Psalm 115.15, you are blessed of the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Psalm 124 verse 8, our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. Jeremiah 32.17, ah, Lord God. Behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Jeremiah 51, 15, he hath made the earth by his power. He hath established the word by his world by his wisdom and hath stretched out the heaven by his understanding. You know, scientists are still trying to determine how many stars there are out there. Trillions upon trillions of them revealed by the Hubble Space Telescope. So many of them that most of them have no significance whatsoever. Uh, They don't have a name. They don't have a number. Science can't even begin to catalog all the stars that are out there. However, the scripture tells us that God knows exactly how many there are. And he has given every one of them a name. Psalm 147 verse 4, he telleth the number of the stars, he calleth them all by their names. It's really something, one of the novel Christmas presents of our time is naming a star after someone you love. Don't do it. It's identity theft. God already has them all named. Ever since the day that God created them, they're already named. But, If you want to name something after someone you love, you can name a midge fly after them, complete with a certificate of authenticity. No, no, no. Scientists recently discovered four hitherto unknown species of these little pests and have yet to give them their scientific names. And for a remarkably low price of only $500, you can immortalize someone you love by naming a fly for them. I can see the enthusiasm on men's face right now. 
I mean, just imagine the look on your wife's face when she opens the box, the beautifully framed certificate telling the entire world that you have named a small, irritating little insect after her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Insectus irritanus uh, beautifulus Pamela Marshallus, right there. That's for you. The more that I consider creation, especially in the complexity of our life, the more I find reason to believe in God. Listen, if you're ever afraid that your faith in God is vain, that you're just wasting your time believing in God and believing in Jesus and living the way the Bible tells us we ought to live, uh, just look at all the wonder and majesty of creation. Every part of it shouts to us of the reality of God. But Christmas begins with the reality of God. And He loves you. God does. He loves you. But we also think about his passion for God so loved. Do you know why God loves us? Well, it's very simple. It's his nature to love. Twice in the book of 1 John, the Bible says, God is love. And God is loving because God is love. Just as he is holy, just as he is gracious, just as he is merciful, just as he is good, God is love. And the word so love tells us that God is not mad at you. God is mad about you. He loves you more than you even understand. At that time that I came to God all those years ago, I couldn't imagine anyone loving me. I didn't even like myself back during that time. The fact is that I was a very unlovable person. But God loved me. I'm so thankful no, no, think about this verse. Look at, think about the wor- word world and the word whosoever. When, when, when Jesus said that God so loved the world, it didn't mean the world of plants and trees and insects. It wasn't what it was talking about. It meant the world as people, nations and cities and families and individuals. The proof of that is the word whosoever. For whosoever. God didn't say whatsoever, but whosoever. And since you are in the world, that means God loves you. Oh, no, no, no. He he didn't say, well, for God so loved the world, except for John and Frank and Bill and Bob and Susan and Sharon. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. He said, for God so loved the world, and that includes you. Absolutely. I mean, truly, you can insert your name where it says world without doing any just injustice to the Scriptures. And that's what John chapter 3 and verse number 16 is telling us. God loves me and God loves you. He, he loves your best friend and He loves your worst enemy. He loves the moral person and He loves the wicked person. He loves the person whose skin is white and the skin is black and skin is, is brown or red or yellow or whatever other color under the sun. God loves everyone. Amen. Truly. And the proof of his love is that he gave Jesus to die for us on Calvary all those years ago. So he gave us a gift. For God so loved the world that he gave. See, God is a giver. It's his nature to give. And he gives us many different gifts. In James chapter 1, verse 17, the Bible says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father. Acts chapter 17, verse 25, the Bible says, He giveth to all life and breath and all things. See, the life that you have, it is a gift of God. Your health is a gift of God. Everything that truly is truly good finds its beginning in God. And He made it and He gave it to us to enjoy. 
God is the most generous person that any of us will ever know. And the supreme gift of God is the gift of salvation. Jesus gave his life to purchase it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish. The word perish reminds us of the dark side. The dark side of Christmas. What what are you talking about, preacher? If we were not sinners, guilty before God and condemned to an eternal hell, there would have been no need for Jesus to have been born. There would have been no need for him to come. But the fact is, we are sinners. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We need God's forgiveness, and no one can forgive sin but God. He's the only one. Without God's forgiveness, we would all perish in hell forever. It's the truth of the matter. And the price of that forgiveness was the life of Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus Christ, dying in our place, dying on the cross for our sins. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. And somebody must pay for all the wrongdoings that you and I have done. And either I pay for it with my life and perish in hell forever, or someone else has to die in my place. And I'm so thankful to stand up here and declare to you that Jesus died to pay my penalty. That I might be able to have God's forgiveness and that I might be able to have everlasting life in heaven. So we have the person and his passion and the gift, but we also have the promise for whosoever believeth in him. God's promise is that if you will believe that Jesus did that for you, you don't have to perish. You don't have to go to hell. No, no, hell's a real place. Just as real as heaven. But you can receive God's gift of eternal life. And then when you leave this physical world, when you enter into eternity that is out there, you can have a place in a real place called heaven. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Doesn't say shall not perish. It says should not perish. What's the big deal about that? Well, once you believe, once you do believe that Jesus Christ came to pay your sin debt, trusting Jesus Christ as your personal Savior is the key. That's God's promise. So what does it mean to believe in Jesus for salvation? You know, it's really sad but true that there are people who believe in Jesus but aren't really Christians. They've never really received that free gift of salvation. Before I was saved in April of 1984 out of a life of drug and alcohol addiction, I believed in God. I stood in grade school year after year praying the Lord's Prayer. I heard about God. I heard about Jesus Christ. I believed that Jesus was His Son. I grew up hearing about those things. But I had never trusted Christ as my personal Savior. For whosoever believed in Him should not perish. Uh, should not. 
Once we believe that Jesus Christ is the very begotten Son of God, we have to make the choice whether or not we're going to make Him our personal Savior. And it's a personal choice. It's not a group effort. You have to believe, I have to believe, we have to come to Him. We have to believe in Him as our personal Savior. It's not just believing, well, I believe there's a God. Well, the, the Bible says the devils believe and they tremble. Look, I believe Adolf Hitler lived, but I'm not a Nazi. I believe Osama bin Laden lived, but I'm not a terrorist. I believe that Carl Sagan lived, but I'm not an atheist. But I believe in Jesus in a way that makes me a Christian. And you might say, well, what's the difference? Well, with each of the others that I mentioned, I believe what I know about them, but I don't believe in them. People who believed in Adolf Hitler became Nazis. And people who believe in Allah became Muslim. People who believe in Jesus Christ, who personally trust Him as their Savior, become Christians. We must stop believing in everything else we think might save us, and we must believe in Jesus Christ alone for our forgiveness. He gave everything. He paid the price for everything. The greatest of His gift is that it is absolutely free for us because He gave His life for it and he offers it to us to us the bible says for whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord shall be saved but we have to receive the gift i'm thankful that someone knocked on my door years ago and gave me the gospel That shared with me the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ that I might come to know Christ as my Savior. That showed me the importance of knowing for sure that I know Christ before I ever take my last breath. I'm so thankful someone shared the truth with me. Those Christians, they just try to shove stuff down your throat. I don't want to try to shove anything on anybody. But I want everybody to know my Jesus because he changed my life and if we had time to testify we could testify all night long people in this auditorium that God has saved and changed their life and just knowing for sure that if I take my last breath in my sleep tonight that I will wake up in the presence of my God is such a wonderful wonderful peace in my heart that only God can give me you have to receive this free gift you have to receive it and only you can do that personal choice someone wrote a bell is a bell a bell isn't a bell until it is rung a song isn't a song until it is sung a promise isn't a promise until it's believed and a gift isn't a gift until it's received we have to receive that free gift God offers it to all for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. You don't have to perish. You don't have to spend eternity in hell. You, you can have a personal relationship with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave it all. He gave everything. Why not now? Why not tonight? Before you ever leave this place. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, boy, oh boy, we'd sure be happy to sit down with you and explain how you can get that all settled. Would you bow your heads with me?
for just a moment. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. No one's looking around in respect of others. For just a moment, please. I, I appreciate that very, very much. May very well be there's someone in this place tonight that would say, Preacher, I'm just not sure if I died, I'd go to heaven. Or maybe you'd even have to say, Preacher, I'm, I, I know that I would not go to heaven if I died. If you're here like that tonight, if you're unsure of your salvation or know for sure you don't have that settled, would you allow me to say a prayer for you? I'd really, really like to do that. Would you just slip up your hand wherever you're at? Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, no one's looking around. I'd just like to, I'd just like to pray for you. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to call you out. I, I, I'm not going to embarrass you no way, shape, or form. I'm not going to come to you. I just would like to pray for you, preacher. I am not sure that I know Christ as my Savior. I'm not sure that I have that settled. Is there anyone here tonight that you just say, preacher, just remember me in prayer? I'd love to do that. Would you allow me, allow me to do that? Would you just slip your hand up right back down? We'll go right on with the service. God bless you. Thank you very much. Maybe, maybe we just need to thank the Lord for all that He's done in our life. Maybe we just need to take time to turn aside and thank Him for the greatest gift He ever sent. Would you stand to your feet with me? Oh, we're standing with our heads bowed. Dear Heavenly Father, thank You, Lord, for Your precious Son, the gift of Your precious Son. And I pray for those here uh, tonight that do not know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. I pray that You'd convince them that that is their greatest need. I pray that you would convict them, Lord, and draw them to yourself because of your great love. I pray that you'd help them, Lord, to even come tonight, that we might take a Bible and take them aside and show them how they can have that settled. Oh God, you you have to do the work in their heart. I pray that, uh, Lord, they would respond to that and they'd come to know Christ as their Savior. And for us that already know Christ, Lord, help us to be thankful for that gift you sent all those years ago oh lord to be reminded that uh, you're a life-changing god just like pete in our story tonight you're a life-changing god and lord just to take time to thank you for all that you've done for us uh, bless the next few moments lord as we open the altar i pray lord that people will respond as you would have them to do and we'll thank you for what you accomplished for we ask it all in Jesus' name, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Some have made their way to an altar. You need to come. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, well, I'd be happy to meet you right down here. We have men, sir, that could take you aside and show you. We have ladies, that could, a man that could take you aside and show you. It'd be our privilege, be our absolute privilege to take a moment and show you out of the Bible what you need to do to know that you've trusted Christ as your Savior. You're like that tonight. Would you come? Just let God have His way. Whatever He wants to do in your heart. Folks are praying. There's still time.